Welcome to the Miles Apart Podcast. We're your hosts. My name's Guggen. My name is Jess. Jess, the time has come. It's the last. Uh, we're going to discuss episodes 9 and 10 of The Last Dance. You know, it was a limited series. Now it's come to an end. It's given us something to look forward to on Sundays. It's been nice while we had this lull of no sports. But yeah, I think it's kind of like poetic now that like st- sports are like starting to pop up and come back. That uh, This has ended. It's gotten us through the tough time. Overall, what did you think about it? Did it live up to the hype? I think it did. I think it did. Um, it did what it was intended to do as in terms of like the nostalgia, you know? Mm-hmm. was one thing, but then the other thing is I think a lot of people did forget about, you know, basketball, like the 90s era, and how it was, especially a lot of the younger fans, I think if you, I think the funniest shit that I read, like, a lot is the, some of them are always like, Michael Jordan played against, like, plumbers, mailmen, plumbers, plumbers. Yeah, I think Plummer. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he he wasn't like although he had nobody like really defended. Like I would say overall, like, where, where the fuck are they getting that information like, from? Like no, like so you know that's always the thing when people talk about like different eras and stuff in basketball. Like oh, you know, like Bill Russell won eleven championships, but like there wasn't that many teams. You know, basketball like back then, like there wasn't that many. Like you know, there wasn't good people in the league and stuff like that. But then like. I, I think, like, the best player, players of the eras, you know, like, they're going to be good in any era. Like, MJ, like, yeah, you know, when you say younger fans, I never saw him. Like, the only time that I re- – I think I remember seeing him play on TV was in a Wizards uniform. That was when I was, like, super young. And then I remember I was in fourth grade, and my friend in fourth grade had a Wizards jersey of Jordan. And I was like – and the kid's name was Jordan. And I thought that was just the coolest thing ever. But to digress. Yeah, so that was always the argument. But then, like, after seeing this, like, you see who's who was in his era. The plumbers, like Patrick Ewing's in there. Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons are in there. Reggie Miller. Charles Barkley. Like, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird towards, like, you know, the tail, <clears throat> the tail ends of their careers. They were in his era. Clyde Drexler. Um who else like there's young Shaq like you know young Shaq was in there too like he was in a tough like era himself so like that argument never got to me but I never understood that but I would say like you know the ninth or the tenth best player on a team then compared to the ninth or tenth best player on a team now like that the ninth or tenth player now is much better than like people were back then I would say but then, like, all the good guys, like, the you know, like, MJ, like, all the, like, the best guys out of the era, I think they would p- play good in any era. What were you talking about? Um, <laughs> no, you were right. You were on point. Um, that he played the competition wasn't good enough. And, you like you said, it would I, – I, I really do feel like the com- – well, maybe not all players, but there are certain players I think that translate well into any, you know, you could put 
um, Magic Johnson in today's game. Bro, yes. Magic, if you you surround Magic Um, with four shooters in, like, today's league, that's how I play in 2K. Like, I have MJ, uh, I have Magic on there. You just hit him in the post. If they're going to double, he's going to dish it out. You could shoot with that guy. Or if they're not going to double, he just, like, busts you down in the post. Magic Johnson would be a beast right now. Yeah. um, LeBron. I think what's crazy is there's a lot of people that, you know, criticize him and say, oh, dude, he's soft. He, I, I think he could I think he could play near any era, just the way he's, like, built and, like, his athleticism. Like, yeah, you can say he's soft and stuff, but that's just how, like, the league is now anyways in regards to, like – Yeah, like, if LeBron calls. played in the 90s, I think he would – he's not going to take the current way that he plays now – you know, like, he plays the way he does now where he'll complain for calls and stuff so he could get, like, free throws and stuff. Like, if the NBA he played in, you know, that wasn't the precedent. Like, if, if he played in the 90s, I think it would be, like, a different version of LeBron. It would be, like, a more physical LeBron, which is scary because he's already, like, like, he's like a football player, you know? Like, he's massive. Like, you see guys bouncing off of him. Like, him playing back then, it would be, it'd be, like, a different version. But... And then it's also become like a whole LeBron MJ thing now. You know, they said that MJ gave the okay to start making this documentary in 2016 after LeBron won that championship against the Warriors. You know, like it, I remember like it was starting to kind of ramp up like, all right, LeBron's got three now. Is he the greatest ever now? Can we start talking about it? And then he was like, yeah, let's remind everybody who I am. And man, I think they like that was one hundred percent successful. Is there any like goat conversation you could even bring up now, comparing anybody like saying that anybody's better than Mike right now, or ever? I think if you are like there, are, yeah, there's diehard LeBron fans out there that do and, they prefer he, the term LeBron sexuals, or is that like something that like people derogatorily say towards them, or do they call themselves the LeBron sexuals? Or <laughs> I don't, I don't think they call themselves that. I think that you know exactly what that is. I'm just asking a question. Mm. Why you gotta be like that? <laughs> what do you got against LeBron? Anything against him? He's on our Lakers. <laughs> no. So for you, clear cut. It's Jordan. Yeah. Great. That's why you're so upset. I'm not upset. This, uh, you are so mad that there's even a conversation, right? But what what does he need to do to you to even like be in the co- win one more? Two LeBron. More? I yeah. think if he won one more and, like, he played 20 years, which MJ didn't do, and by the time if LeBron plays 20 years, like, at his current rate, he might have the chance to have the most points scored ever. And, you know, like, he could do shit like that. Then I think then you could compare, like, okay, Jordan, you know, was more of a winner. But LeBron, like, if you look at it overall, his he had a 20-year career. You compare that to Jordan. Like, I think that's the conversation people would bring up then. You know, they're like, okay, you know, but, like, 
which you know i don't know like does that make sense like jordan's career is significantly shorter than lebron's but he has more championships and he went six for six and then lebron let's say has like a 20-year career he has four championships and like 10 finals appearances like i don't know i think um I think everybody kind of has their own perception of who their goat is as a person. I think if you grew up in like the 2000s fans, like they're just, uh, and you were a Lakers fan, a lot of people, you know, to them, like they, they, they had that crazy love for Kobe. I don't even know? think you had to be a Lakers fan. I think there was just a whole generation of us that yeah. grew up on Kobe. Yeah. And I think like another Jordan fans have, and then now there's like the LeBron fans, and then there's going to be the next era. You're going to have Giannis. You have Trey Curry. Young, there's some Bayern, Curry's, and Curry. you know, you know my theory for that. Oh, there's not even some Curry's. I think that's what I, I think that's the biggest thing. One thing about those documentaries kind of showed you is how much Steph Curry just gets an honorable mention. Yeah, sure, he's not going to go down as a goat, but just kind of the way the dudes changed the game. Like you have centers shooting threes, you know, like every you have the you have kids like, and like some people, yeah, they're, they're critics of that, um, you know, they don't like it, but it is what it is. But you can't deny the impact the guys had on the game. What so when just like yeah, he's not going to be a goat, but like honor honorable mention just as to a guy who changed the game, just like how Jordan I think changed the game, and then LeBron changed the game. You I know? think. You know, while we're on this, the Curry changing the game might be more. I think like Jordan brought, like you know, I think like you know, Larry and Magic, you know, carried the NBA. Then Jordan took it from them, and he made it global, as as is seen in this documentary. And then I think Curry changed it in the sense of like, you know, when we were growing up, we're like, we're not going to make it to the NBA. We're short. We, you know, like, we can't do this. We can't do that. To make it in the NBA, you have to be at least, like, 6'4", six, 6'3". Six, Curry's not the tallest guy. He's got, the, he's got great fundamentals and great shooting. Like, kids, like, that are growing up now are like, I don't have to be the biggest guy. Like, if I just work really hard on this, I'm a good shooter. Like, you know, I could, like, I think you're going to see that. Like, yeah, 100%. Even when they're showing the highlights, of the 90s games you see the spacing on the floor everybody's like close in you know it's a lot of mid-range or like layups and stuff now the nba is completely different the game is completely different they're like no we want threes and you know like so back then they barely shot any threes now it's nothing but threes some people don't like that like especially the way that houston plays but Curry, yeah, Curry, Curry had a. They say that he broke the game, but um, my theory on you know you growing up with your guy for generations is, it's yeah there was the nineties. I think everybody's consensus was like it's it's Jordan, you know that's it. And then we grew up in the nineties and we're like oh Kobe's our guy. And then LeBron started getting like that. Hey, he's the best player. And I think the Kobe people were like, what the fuck? No, Kobe's the guy. And I think I think you who you grow up with you always kind of despise the next one so that's why the lebron people despised curry and now you, as it goes you know like you have that type of resentment that's why there's so much like hate these guys get but back to what you were saying 
So this week we're going to kind of wrap uh, or on this podcast, we're going to wrap up this week's episodes and kind of just the documentary like we were talking about. And we already kind of got into what it signified for us or what we thought um, was the most important aspect of it. But kind of going into episodes nine and 10 and how it wrapped up, it starts off with that Pacers talking about arrows and, you know, you're talking about spacing, but the physicality itself, too, I think, is what's crazy, too, in that game. It's just Reggie Miller. I think it starts off when he um, – I, I don't know if Jordan makes a shot or one of the one of the Bulls players does, or and then Reggie Miller just comes and slaps Michael in the back what? of the head. And then – or does he slap him or does he hit him? He hits him in the back of the head, I think. In episode nine, when him and uh-huh. Reggie get into I gotta it, the beginning. That. I don't remember the specifics of the fight, but yeah, go ahead, go on. Yeah, and then him and Reggie are getting into it, and then like they're showing Michael the video, and he goes, "Why are they holding him back?" No, nah, don't hold him back. <laughs> Michael's just there talking shit to like <laughs> the video on like an iPad when they're showing it to him. But that's just crazy how physical it was, and the Pacers. And Reggie even says in the video, he still thinks his team was the better team, you know? And he he starts off by telling you that funny story about how Michael Jackson, like, Michael Jackson. This is, like, the third time that that's happened in, like, the past, like, in our series of podcasts on on The Last Dance. We've called him Michael Jackson, like, at least three times. It's always me, too. Michael Jordan. See, that's why he didn't call him Michael Jordan anymore. It gets confusing. Maybe Reggie Miller was confused, too. See, Reggie said he called him. Um, well, the story behind it was what he told in the series was one of the first times he played, I guess, in the first half, Reggie was doing good and Mike, Michael was having a bad game. And then Reggie went up to him and said, uh, so you don't walk on water, I think, what, or something like that. Why would you talk shit to him? And then, but, like... Exactly. In the halftime, Reggie think he said he only scored what three, four times and Michael uh Michael just went off and then the Bulls won. And then when Michael's walking away he looked at Reggie and he said, Don't ever talk trash to black Jesus. Man. <laughs> so that's it. Reggie said after that he only he never called him Michael Jordan again. He either called him Jordan, Black Jesus, or the Black Cat. I, I, I like like all three of them. And then like I know. They're interchangeable. So Chicago from that so that series with the Pacers, um, Chicago wins games one and two, pretty easy. And then it's I think game three is when uh, Re- Reggie goes off. Mm-hmm. I believe. I think that's the one where he kind of pushes off. Yeah, 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 yeah. He goes like gently nudged him away from me. He like straight up like shoves him. <laughs> And then, like, the gets a, like yeah, gets the, the inbound, does a turnaround, three. Beautiful shot. High, like, degree of difficulty. Yeah. He's, like, drifting, like, away. And then, yeah, sinks it. And then, like, the crazy part of that, like, ser- like you know, like, you see Reggie. He's, like, just doing 360s and jumping in the air celebrating. The crowd is going crazy. And then it zooms in on Larry Bird's face and is just still, perfectly still. No celebration, no emotion, because he knows there's time left and Michael Jordan's on the other team. 
and then Michael Jordan like mate he uh fucking Reggie Reggie says like it was going in, but it goes yeah. in and out. Jordan shot and that he shot a three. Like, you know, there was only a couple seconds and it's literally it's almost down. It just like did a spin and then just just happened to go out and and they and Indiana wins that game. Yeah. And it's funny as they're talking to him because he called the first loss just a bump in the road. And then he lost again and he said, Well, but I really like you know, that was just his mentality. I really like that party kinda of just goes, Well, they still gotta come to Chicago. You know? They still gotta come to Chicago. And I was like, damn, like at no point I think did that man ever see himself losing. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, no, that's the confidence you gotta have in yourself though, man. Like so they were down two oh. Um Huh? No, they were up two games, but then uh, then the Pacers took the next two. Well, okay. I believe, yeah. Reggie Miller went off games three and four. And then um, after that, I think the series flips forward to the 1997 Utah Finals with the Jazz. Um, Utah Jazz Finals, and then, you know, they show John Stockton and uh, – it's kind of funny seeing John yeah. talking, right? Because he just looks like like your average yeah. like middle aged dad. He's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I went at it with like, Jordan back in the days. People are scared of him, but <laughs> sure, but, you know, dad. I, I sure, you did. Of him. He's like sitting there in his <laughs> New Balances. <laughs> oh man! So he kind of talks about that year, how they even got into the finals in 1997. He had that last second shot against the Rockets that sent him, that sent him to the finals. And then once again, um, Michael Jordan got his, like, fuck, he just kind of gets motivation out of thin air. He You legit don't need anything, but that year it was Carl Malone winning MVP. Anytime yeah, anytime that, somebody man, else he should have wins, been MVP yeah, every year. He like, already on, like, he had five like, of them, chill. and that wasn't enough. Like any, yeah, like he said the same thing about Barkley. He's sitting at home during like the two years yet off. He's like, I should have yeah. won MVP those two years. I didn't play. <laughs> like Michael, what? <laughs> um, so basically. That was what he needed for that series, or or that's where he found his motivation. Everybody was talking about, you know, he that he thought that he should have been MVP. And then um, the other thing was he talking about. I think Bryant Russell. He went over to like to say what's up to them, and he ran into Bryant Russell, and then Bryant Russell. Yeah, said, this was when he had retired. Like when it was in his like. Yeah, and I think yeah. he went to go say what's up to John Stockton and Carl Malone, you know, because they played on the Dream Team, which is cool. Like, they show you little tidbits in there that, you know, like John Stockton, Carl Malone, and MJ are, like, hanging out, like, even after the game. They're, like, waiting for him and stuff like that. Like, but, yeah, so while he was retired, he went to go say what's up to them. And Brian Russell, who was, like, a young player, you know, went up and started saying that, like, <laughs> oh, why'd you quit, blah, 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 blah. And then MJ was like, you guys got to tell this guy. And he, uh, that's that was another thing. He kind of like he he made that his motivation, and he kind of went off. And then, um, so I know they they won the first game, you know. And then 
Stockton had that crazy pass inside the series where he threw it from half. Was that deep. David Aldridge that said that, like, John Stockton made one of the best passes that I've ever seen a point guard make? Like, that was him that said that, right? And I was like, yeah. all right. And yeah. then, like, they show it. And it's literally, he gets, like, the rebound, one-handed, just flips it cross-court. Carl Malone in the perfect place. Like while he's in stride, grabs it, lays it up right there. Like, and I, I was just like, whoa! Like that was a sick pass. It's not flashy or anything like that. It's super hard because you're throwing it across the court to a guy that's mid stride who has two defenders right behind him, and he put it exactly where he could just catch it, turn, make it. Boom! It, it was beautiful. It sure was. And then. From there, I think they get to the next game is when they, the infamous flu game. But this, so the documentary now they talk about the they call it the pizza game, food poisoning game, yeah, because of, so you know he tells the story that he wanted pizza and they were in Utah, and then they ordered pizza and then like his trainer saying that five five guys show up and it looks sketch, but. The crazy thing is now there's a guy who delivered the pizza. He's coming out and he's refuting yeah, everything. He was on. He was saying that like um, I'm a bull. I was the only Bulls fan. I told him like I'll make it. Keep it away from you guys because you guys might mess with it. He said, "Yeah," and he had he had bet money on the Bulls. I guess he'd named his son Jordan or after maybe Michael it was Jordan. my fourth grade classmate. Um. <laughs> Right. Who knows? But yeah. So like that. Um, okay. So that that was yeah. always the thing behind the flu game. They're like it's the flu game. He's really sick, and he's like, no, it was actually food poisoning because it was ten thirty at night. His trainer ordered the pizza. Said that five guys showed up. It looked sketch, but MJ ate the whole pizza by himself. It's like you're his trainer. You're gonna be like, yeah, let's eat a pizza at ten thirty at night before a game. <laughs> Well, I guess he's not his, like, cook person or whatever. And, yeah, so MJ ate the whole pizza. Nobody else ate anything. So now I heard today that some people are saying it was a seafood pizza. Somebody said it's, like, a pepperoni pizza. But, yeah, so that was – it was, like, 3 in the morning. He's just vomiting into a toilet. And then, like, his trainer comes. They try to get the doctor. His mom's talking about how he's sick he looked. But then he went in. He still kicked ass. And literally, like, when they were calling timeouts, he was just, like... Yeah, they said he would just collapse on the court, uh, on the bench, and then that's, like, all the energy yeah, and there's going that, out of him. And... Like, where, where, where he, like, hugs yeah, Pip at the end, and, like, Pip is, like, physically kind of, like, carrying him off at that point. Yeah. Speaking from somebody that's had food poisoning um... twice, you know... I remember the first time I got food poisoning, it was from like this. We had some Popeyes and then I had like a Mexican candy, like, like, you know, like the one that you like squish out that looks like it's in like a injection thing. I ate like a big ass one of those. I woke up at like three in the morning, super bloated and then just vomiting liquid. And then I was supposed to drive home that the next day and I couldn't get out of bed. Like, you remember, like I had to call in sick. And I was like, dude, I can't drive anywhere. Literally the whole day I was just in bed. And then the second day I finally had like, I mustered up enough strength to drive back home. 
And then, like, the second time I got food poisoning, again, like, I was just laid out for, like, a full day. And then, like, for him to get that and then go play that game. But, like, a lot of people are saying that, like, the story kind of doesn't make sense and he was actually just, like, hungover. Like, what do you think about that? I think um, we've all been hungover, right? You more than a couple times. So... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I like the sauce. Um, No, but seriously, I don't. I think the way they he looked and everything, like he's a professional athlete. Even if he was hungover, I think you know with hydration stuff like that, like you can get going after you're hungover. You know, and him having like trainers, him having everything like. Like a banana bag would cure if he was hungover in the morning. If it was that bad, he would have known when he woke up. So um, I'm pretty sure he's played he hungover, hungover before, and it's MJ, and you can't even tell. Yeah. And, you know, I think he's been around that cocaine circus shit, even though he denies doing it. If he was hungover, I'm sure Michael would have had his ways of figuring out. He really was sick. And especially, you know, you can see on the court how he looks on the bench when he's sitting there every time he's going out, like when he's resting, when, like you said, when Pippen's carrying him, like different parts, like, you know, he was getting the IVs on the sidelines. So I don't know if it was, you know, like he says, he said it was food poisoning. Even if the guy didn't tamper with it, anything like that, like he doesn't necessarily need to do anything and it could have still been food poisoning, you know? Sometimes it's just how it is with the. Yeah. It turns out the food, that they just you know, ordered from a really like, shitty like pizza place. Uh, yeah, that's the all poor it was, guy tried know, his hardest to make it correctly. With, like, still a, gave him food. Still gave his hero food poisoning. I <laughs> know, uh, like, but um, a lot of people are talking about like, oh, this is just like a new cover up, but it's not a new story. This has been out for a while, like. That was always one of the pizza stories always been out there. You know, that's what Michael's always said. So they talk about that and, you know, he uh, comes back and they win that game. And then the next game, one of my favorite parts is, um, so in the series, this is where they kind of go into one of the similarities with Michael. You know, his dad was murdered and Steve Kerr was the same way. Steve Kerr's dad was murdered too. And they kind of go back to that backstory and how his dad was a professor and he was teaching in Beirut as an American diplomat or like a professor, you know? And uh, the guy whose position he'd replaced was just kidnapped prior to him getting there. It's so a red it's flag. like the danger of him, something happening was always kind of there. He was assassinated by two people posing to be students Which at is like tragic, college. you know? Like and Steve, and, Steve Kerr was playing basketball yeah. at Arizona at the time. And, you know, so they... they, they yeah, yeah. He said he like escape. buried himself yeah. in basketball, and then you know, like, and he he mentions that you know, like his NBA career, he kind of realized you know he was going to be a role player, and he was who did who was he drafted by? I forgot, but it didn't work out. And then he said that yeah. he kind of got like recognition when he was playing on the Cavs. And then he joined the Bulls, and he said that he saw, like, John Paxson play, 
and hit like those big shots. And he's like, that's like, you know, that's the spot. Like that could be me. And, you know, that's what I, that's what I had thought of. Like, Oh, like, you know, like when we see John Paxson early on in the, in the, in the series, it's like, damn, man, like that's what Steve Kerr was doing late, a little bit later on. And, you know, he said that when he came on, John Paxson was like in his final year or something. And like, he actually took Steve under his wing and, you know, like, I liked the part, like, I, I'm I'm so glad, like, you know, that they had Steve Kerr's background in here, too. Like, you know, you had Jordan, you had Scotty, you had Phil, you had Dennis. Like, it's good. I'm glad that they did that with Steve Kerr, too. And, yeah, and then they, so after that part, they kind of cut to his, um, talking about those big John Paxton moments, they cut to game six of the 1997 finals, I think. And then uh, against the Utah Jazz, and then Michael's talking to him on the bench. I think it's late in the game. <laughs> and then Michael's trying to be slick about it. It's funny because he, he's holding a Gatorade cup to his mouth and goes, you know, be ready or something. And then, like, because he knows there's cameras on. Steve Kerr's like, yeah, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. My, uh, yeah, when, uh, when, <laughs> when when it's time, I'll be Like, he's being super loud and obnoxious. He's just excited. And Steve Kerr's talking about it. He, he, he's excited, yeah. And he was ready because he knew they were going to double him. And then so he gets in and then he gets doubled and he passes to Kerr and Kerr makes that shot. And, there, you know, that's where they kind of make those John Paxton comps um, yeah. comparisons. Yeah. And then what's crazy is that, though, like after he hits that shot, Mike, what I think kind of gets overlooked is Michael stole the ball, too. And threw it the other Inbound. way as soon as yeah. they uh, inbounded it. They had like five seconds, I think, left. There, so that was pretty. There was a lot of uh, like no. defensive highlights, you know, like like throughout the whole series when they show it. Yeah, it's just like a lot. There's always a lot of like Pippen just like diving at the ball. So after that game, um, they so they win those finals, and then they have um, they have the parade. This was and their fifth or the fourth. <laughs> this was, was their fifth, cool. right? Because it was 97. I think this was their fifth. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, it was fifth. He's talking about how yeah, it, like I had seen like that on Facebook like a few weeks before seeing, seeing it on this. Like, that, that That's just the type of sense of humor Steve Kerr has. Like, you know, seeing him now as a Warriors coach, like, you know, like seeing him on like the radio interviews that he calls in over here to the local stations or seeing him on the TV, like post game and stuff like that's just like his, like his sense of humor. Like, he's got a really good sense of humor. And he, he kind of like knows that, you know, like the, the, the hate that Steve Kerr always gets that these internet fucking trolls always go after him. It was like, Oh, Steve Kerr. He just took in after Mark Jackson built the team and just rode their coattails. He was with Jordan. He rode his coattails. He was, was he was with Tim Kerr, uh, Tim Duncan, and the Spurs, and just rode their coattails. It's like he says it. He's like, I was a role player, you know, like that was gonna be my thing. And he and for it, give him, give the man credit. He's like, he hit the shot. Like you know, when it came down to here, Steve, like you know, we need you on this one. He came up, sank it, and then as a coach. The Warriors were never going to be as good if Mark Jackson stayed the coach. Like I think that 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 that's always been ridiculous. And whenever he is Steve Kerr himself talking about it, he always says like, you know, I inherited a really good team. Mark Jackson had done a lot of good work here. Like he always gives them credit, you know. But like, yeah, no, dude, I I I'm I 
I loved all the Steve Kerr in this episode. I can tell. I can definitely tell. So then they, um, moving forward from that, they kind of go back to into the documentary into, uh, so the Bulls and the Pacers split series five and, uh, the game five and six of the series. And then they have the seventh game. This is the first time the Bulls, I think, in their championship runs have ever had. Was it game, game seven? seven? Yeah, it was game seven, and right? Then, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think they said that MJ's yeah. never lost or like and game then, seven, but yeah. Yeah, th- this was the no, this was That's the only nuts. time a series went to a game seven for the yeah. And then so before the game I guess MJ MJ said we're not we're we're gonna win, we're not gonna lose. He like said it right before the game started to the media. <laughs> and then um the pivotal this is why it's cool because you talk about this being like a steve kerr episode they once again have a pivotal part and we'll kind of jump forward to it a little bit later because there's a lot of criticisms and stuff this being a michael jordan documentary and we'll kind of go to that towards the end of the podcast but what i was saying is this was a steve kerr episode because even reggie miller says there's like a play where they have a jump ball and after that jump ball, he goes, the ball finds the hands of Steve Kerr, and that was it. I think he makes mm-hmm. a three-pointer. Right that's there. where the momentum changes. He goes, that's where the series changes. Yeah, and he was yeah, on. We're, we're and he goes, that was the most important shot. Yeah, he was Kerr on Dan Patrick's <laughs> show. He was like, man, I hate Steve Kerr. He's like, if it wasn't for Steve Kerr and his 11 points, <laughs> like, and that. You know that's that was that, that was awesome. <laughs> oh man! But so he makes that shot, and then they win the game seven, and then he gives. Um, so I think I kind of like we. Uh, I like we kind of. Skip, I think was this also the episode where they talked about Gus? Yeah, I kind of didn't. It was. They yeah, this was the episode where they talked about Gus a lot. That was awesome to see, man. Um, like you know, like I think we talked about this in our last recap of the last couple episodes, where MJ spent a lot of time with the security, and like you know, like the little entourage that he had of like his security, his friend, his trainer, and stuff like that, and one of the main guys part of his you know security team was Gus who was like this old school like he used to be a cop and then now like was running security and he was really there for MJ you know like after MJ's dad died like he would call him up at like in the middle of the night crying and then Gus would go to him and you know like stay with him and you know, it, it, they, they they showed you know Gus was with him throughout and we, we you know we've actually seen him earlier in the in the in, in a few episodes ago where he's like talking to the media and stuff like that and and you know i think it was that last season where he was on chemotherapy and stuff like that and he was sick and like mj was missing him too and and his wife you know gus's wife was on there and said like you know michael was there for all the doctor's appointments when he was in the hospital like he was just there for him, which was awesome it was good to see that part of mj too you know yeah, and then after they win that series, he brings him the game ball. 
And then he's like, we got to take you to you because they were going to play Utah next. He goes, we got to take yeah. you to Utah. That, he, he said that to him. He's like, we've and been then, struggling because um, we haven't had you around, you know? And he's, you know, and he, he said, like, you don't want to take, yeah. we'll take you to Utah. And, you know, he's saying it half jokingly. Like, he actually, like, wants to take him to Utah. And Gus just gives him that look of, like, you know, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so. After that, they, the, the way they ended episode nine, I think everybody on Twitter was tweeting about it too. Is only fucking Michael Jordan can to go up to my uh, Larry Bird and say, "No, no, Larry you, Bird said that to MJ." <laughs> like they win, and he was like, "Ah." No, 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 no. MJ, MJ said him, something like, "Oh, go enjoy golf" or something like that because they had knocked out the Pacers. No, he says that after. He says that after. No, no, Larry. No, Larry, MJ's the one saying it. I think Larry Bird says something. No, that, Larry no, Bird I'm, says, I'm "You serious. bitch, fuck you." I rewatch. MJ think, is not the one that said it. No, it's MJ. No, I'm MJ willing says, to bet. You. No, it's MJ. Believe me, I'm willing to bet you too. We are gonna right now put a live bet on this podcast. I'm gonna want you to go go to Twitter and then find it. What everybody I think was saying was Larry Bird says something to him, and it sounds mm-hmm. like he calls him a motherfucker. So we don't know what Larry Bird says. Yeah, but that's MJ. No, saying, it's, fuck it's you, you, you bitch. bitch. Fuck you. And then he says the golf thing. Yeah, you bitch. You bitch. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And let's see what pops up. Michael Jordan to Larry Bird. You bitch. Fuck you. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Told you. He said, enjoy yourself, dog, you bitch, fuck you. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. You bitch, <laughs> fuck you. Say, <laughs> right? You bitch, fuck you. Like, Jay fuck you, you bitch. <laughs> like, you know. So they're saying Larry kind of... No, he said, you bitch, fuck you. <laughs> and they're saying Larry kind of says something, and I don't know what he says, so you can't really can't make out what something. Larry says. So, I... yeah. Must have been. That's just funny, though. And that's how they ended nine. I thought that was a great ending point. Then ten kind of ramps up with Utah's right there back again at the finals. And this time they have even more of, like, um, a buzz around them. You know, they think, people think that the Bulls are tired and they're exhausted. And, like, Steve Kerr kind of even says they are at that point. And then um, Utah wins game one. And this is the first document. This is the first episode where they finally show his kids. Yeah, for like they show his son and his daughter. And they just talked I mean, about how much yeah. they hated Utah. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's what they brought him in for. So Utah wins the first game, I think, eighty-five to eighty-eight in overtime. And then, I think, um, game. Three was it? I think. Yeah, because the they Bulls split, and then two. game three, I think the Bulls blew them out. Game three is when they blew them out. Fifty-four, five, and ninety-six to fifty-four, at least. And every player on the Bulls scored. And then after game three, that's when Dennis Rodman disappeared. Yeah, on WCW. Up on wrestling. That was kind of cool. See, 
Well, I remember that being an angle back in the day because they had Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone. Like, they were both on there. And, you know, they were just doing it because wrestling in the 90s had people like that. You know, they would bring in these big athletes like Mike Tyson was running around with Degeneration X for a little bit. And, you know, Dennis Rodman, you know, like when you're in the finals, probably wouldn't be a wise idea to do that. You know, which any reasonable person would say. But it's Dennis Rodman. Again, he was in here in this episode mentioning, you know, like they just let me do my thing. It's like, Dennis, was that good, though? Like, maybe they shouldn't have. Like, maybe they should have reeled you in a little. Maybe Isaiah Thomas was on to something. Yeah, like he's like, a cry for help. And then he shows Rod up with Michael, um, Michael and both wasn't. Yeah, Michael's calling to Rodzilla, and then Phil Jackson's talking to the media. He goes, "No, that's it's not a distraction for us. It might be a distraction for you guys." <laughs> and then he comes back that game four, and he just kills it, you know. And then they're talking to Michael after the game four, and they're like, is, "Could the game five be the last time they see you?" And this is one. Uh, part where like they have a Kobe quote I've seen now on Twitter they put it side by side uh, Jordan says the job is not done so let's not celebrate yet you know like we still gotta win game yeah, five yeah but before game before five about, they're awfully is it over and stuff like, like that they're like you know they they have that shot yeah. of the it's I think it's MJ Scott Burrell and Scotty they're just like joking around in the locker room like MJ's like Sky if I ever see you like after this I'm like, whoop your ass. Like, they're just like, you know, they're just acting like, oh, we're going to go out there and win it tonight. You know, it's going to be our sixth championship, yada, yada, yada. And what happens? So they lose games five. You made me like, you know, I made that quote about Michael and then like you like flipped it on its head, bro. I thought it was, I thought it sounded nice. Him saying let's not celebrate yeah. yet, but I guess he was celebrating, huh? If you want to put it that way. Um, so they lose game five, and then game six. Um, even before the game, Scotty Pippen has uh, soreness in his back because uh, screens, I think, or something that he kept. He looked more you know, like he, he had like a hit herniated his back disc already than soreness, first. man. Like he was like, yeah. And then first play of the game, he goes in for a dunk, and that's it. Like he, yeah, you see him turn around and just like, nope, says, fuck this, nope. And he's just like gingerly walking around, and then he's out yeah. of the game for a while, and they're doing treatments on him for five minutes, and he's coming back in, and he's like, I was just a distraction. Yeah, towards the first, he said he was just a decoy. So first he was out for a while, but then Michael kind of tells him, hey, man, like, come out here and just like be out here. You know, you're more help. And then he would have to go back, get treated. Like you said, in the fourth quarter, they treated him for five minutes just so, like, they, he could play the last ten minutes. And then towards the end, I think the most pivotal part in the game uh, in the game six is when they're about to um, – I think the Jazz – Utah has the ball. And Jordan um, – Jordan Rodman's kind of been on uh, – Carl Malone the whole game and he knows that I think that's who Carl's kind of looking for and he kind of doesn't look to his blind side and Jordan yeah, comes so in and makes this crazy steal. That Another, sequence like, was yeah. MJ makes a layup on one end and then you know John Stockton has it he's going to pass it to Carl in the post Rodman's guarding him 
MJ floats off of his guy from his blind side, Carl Malone's blind side, swats it out, steals it, dribbles it up court, time running down. Phil's not calling a timeout because they said we'd rather have them scrambling versus they get a set defense of Endo when to double and stuff like that. So Jordan has it. Yeah, Scott. Like, we knew he was gonna take that fucking. Scotty's even like, like you know, like I'm shot. getting the heck <laughs> out of the way, and then who says it? Like he's passed yeah, to the packs and stuff before, but like not this time. This time he's taking it. I think that might have been Rodman and and yeah. Russell is Byron Russell, right? That's who's guarding him and it's dribble, dribble. Bryant Russell, yeah. Yeah. dribble, dribble, Bryant dribble. Russell. Go hard right. Has the left hand on the hip. Yeah, he so, like, like you know, even as soon as I saw it, I was like, he didn't shove off with that left hand because he just has that hand on him. At that point where he's positioned, he doesn't have enough leverage behind it to shove him like that. You know, Russell's already, like, tumbling one way, and MJ yeah. stops and brings it back. Russell completely blows by him, and then just, like, straight wide open jumper, straight up, lets the ball go, iconic picture. You see the audience, and then... Just a beautiful swish. And, you know, that was it. There was, like, a few seconds left. Jazz inbound, couldn't do anything, and they win. And before, you know, before he gets the steal, when they're talking in that timeout, you know, we just talked about how in bad shape Scotty's back was the whole game. He's, like, up to MJ and saying, I think this might have been before the timeout or in the final possession for the Jazz. He's in there saying like, "I'll take a, I'll take a charge. I'm gonna be ready to take a charge." Like this guy can barely walk, and he's like, "I'm gonna get in there and I'm gonna take a charge, <laughs> so we'll win the game." Like, I think that he completely made up for the migraine game. You know, you know the migraine game. You can't really hold it against him. Like if the guy was really having a migraine, but this one fucked up back, gutted it out. And, you know, they needed him out there. If he wasn't out there, they probably don't win. And if his bad's that back then, you know, like for that game, what if he can't rehab enough and then they play a game seven, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, and after that, they go to the grant. Um, they show the last parade. Phil Jackson throws some shade at Jerry Cross. Oh, even before that, what did you think Jerry of like, them just celebrating and then going back to the hotel and MJ's just playing a piano and there's a bunch of people around him? Oh, yeah. The piano plays. Yeah, that was that was sick. That was pretty gangster. <laughs> the media's all there. He's playing his little piano. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the picture of him and the piano, well, I think that was pretty cool. Um and they're all just celebrating, and they even asked Jerry Krause right there in the. We'll talk about it, and then you see Leonardo DiCaprio coming up and congratulating him. Like that was poetic. He's like, I just watched oh, yeah, Man in the good. Iron Mask the other day. <laughs> That's nuts. And then, um, so after they so throwing shade, I think yeah. What I was going to get at is um, at the parade, you know, Phil Phil Jackson's like, you know. Thanks to Jerry for letting us come back. And we're just like, boo. Just no, back. dude, like, there was a so, clip um, at that so, parade, which kind of showed me everything I needed to see. It's, you know, when Phil throws the shade, he's like, you know, Jerry wanted to, they had, a, he had other plans, but he just, he put that off for you. He like looks back and it has 
the owner and Jerry Cross standing side by side. And that kind of showed me like this whole time, it probably wasn't just, oh, Jerry Cross on his own wanted to blow everything up. I think that owner had a lot more to do with it than was like presented. Yeah, and you know, some people have said that, like, okay, you know, he's right now it's kind of bad to make him look like the villain and all this because, you know, he's dead, so he can't defend himself. But um, I was listening to, I think it was Fox Sports Radio, and, you know, there's a segment where there's like a story where I guess this is years later, Phil kind of wants to you know, bury the hatches when Phil's uh, coaching the Lakers. And he wants to bury the hatches with Jerry, and I think he calls up the owner. And um, I guess he wants to meet him for lunch, and Jerry just says no, so he doesn't want to meet him. So that was, like, one of the other stories, like, I think I heard about him. They just said, like, how he came off was how he kind of was, you know? That was just how his personality was. And honestly, it's not even like it's attacking him or anything, but it's pretty clear. Like to tell a coach, "Hey, you can win eighty-two games," no. that's it. Like you're out of here, and shit like that. Like there was, there's pettiness, and that I think people can judge that just because those actions were there. You know, you can say something now, but and like you said, like the owner obviously. Mm-hmm. he's not doing anything without the owner and now the owner may be making him more of a scapegoat but he still had his own issues I think too and they even traded that part of the to the wedding he yeah. doesn't invite Phil and then his daughter's wedding mm-hmm. I think so maybe he was just, he just a petty person, like after the parade but, and stuff, actually called Phil and said hey come back for another year let's run it back and it was actually which kind of surprised he didn't want to um, and you know, I think, I don't know if we've talked about it in one of the other podcasts, I read an article out there saying like Phil actually really like, I think we did talk about it in one of the other episodes, but his yes. father, um, had like this rule with it where his father was a priest where he didn't want to like mm-hmm. teach in the same place for seven years. It was like his rule was seven. So I think that was like too long for him at that mm-hmm. point he was already year eight you know he needed to take a break and he didn't want to do a rebuild and that was that was the rule so i think michael uh, michael still feels like it was owner and management like michael you know when they show michael what he says and stuff and he goes everybody could have had like a one-year deal you know he goes i would have played on a one-year deal that's what i was doing up until now scotty would have done it pippen but i really do feel like i think um i don't think phil wanted to come back um, he even says what's done's done, you know, towards the end, as you can see. And what's, and like I said, like we talked about it before, he, you know, they they said he kind of even did that when he was with the Lakers. You know, he took a couple of years yeah. off before he came back when they won the two. After seven mm-hmm. years, I think he took two years off or something. So maybe that was really something he did. And then it kind of just, uh, after that, they wrap it up with like Steve Kerr's talking about this ritual that um, they did at the beginning of that season where everybody kind of just wrote something and whatever, like they 
wanted to, you know, and they were going to read it and then they were going to put in this thing and burn it. And I guess Michael wrote this like poem about basketball. And that's kind of, he goes, everybody saw how genuine like this dude's love was for the game and stuff. And then Michael, yeah, like, it, it, a little bit of the poem too, I think. The trash, uh, no, the coffee it. can and burn it. Yeah. Yeah. And the coffee can and they burn it. The beautiful. It's like, damn. Yeah, it was a beautiful way to end the dock, you know, and there's a lot of those. But uh, not all is well well. with the dock ending. It ended beautiful, but, you know, what we're getting earlier. uh, Forrest Grant. Didn't sit well with a few people. It's probably the most. And then, like, now I saw, I think it was on ESPN or something, that, like, they say Scottie Pippen hasn't liked the way he was portrayed either. But my thing with Scotty Pippen is, bro, can you really be mad? Like, you had a chance to clarify everything. You, like, doubled down. You were like, if I would do it again. I think, I think that's the, the biggest thing. Way. Like, you know, <laughs> it's not like they held that back. Like, you know, at Horace Grant's, like, the, the, his big thing is that, like, in the documentary, they say that he was a snitch. MJ says he was a snitch that told Sam Smith everything, who wrote the Jordan Rules book. And then in the documentary, Horace Grant says, it wasn't me. You know, they're just saying that because I had a relationship with Sam. It wasn't me. Blah 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 blah. So, exactly. So you no. So th- that's the thing. They presented it to him so when they were interviewing him. They let him tell his side of the story too. If that part was completely cut out, then I would see Horace like having a case to bitch about something. Now, Horace was—I shouldn't say bitch about something—but now Horace is saying that you know, like he's calling me a snitch. But when he was talking about the cocaine circus and stuff like that. He said that they had his teammates were in a room with drugs and women and stuff like that. That's a snitch, if you ask me. What do you what, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think people are going to be mad. Um, there are a lot of people that are saying yeah, he called it a so called documentary, more of like uh, bulls. Yeah, a Bulls documentary is just a Michael documentary. But at the end of the day, that's who the Bulls were. Yeah, if they're making like, it on the heart and soul. You know, they're going to make it on and who the I identity think... of that team is. And I, I thought Steve Kerr got a really good episode. I thought Rodman got a good episode. I thought Pippen um, got a good episode. Pippen, like, is talked about, you know, a lot through the. And that's the thing. It's a 10-year, you know, documentary or the whole time frame from when he's there, eight-year, um, or from when Pippin's there and stuff. So they're going to catch your ups and your downs. And they, and they to be I fair, see, they like, go so, in on Jordan, too. And they like, talk about the stuff about his dad. They talk about his gambling. They talk about everything. They kind of didn't leave anything off the table. But it, And at the end of the day, obviously, I do believe, yeah, is it bias? I looked into it. They said that Jordan's production team. Well, yeah, Jordan was a producer on the director. He gets final say. So, yeah, he was a producer. Yeah, so so at the end of the day, you know, he's not going to put something out there. I don't think it's a total fluff piece. I think um, you can complain about it. It can be saying, but like I said, 
he it, like if they did a documentary on the Cavs winning their first title, and you know it was more than a few episodes, I think Kyrie would get an episode. Kevin Love would get a mention, yeah. but yeah. you know that's going to be LeBron's documentary, right? It's the same thing, you know. It was, um, I think the only case where this would be different is the Lakers yeah. got one. Yeah. Yes, that's going to be Shaq and Kobe. You know? I don't think it was um, anything but close to a flop. Jordan was. I think, you know, they show Again, this was through his perspective. He's the main narrator in this documentary, you know? So, obviously, it's going to be geared towards that. But I don't think they're trying, you know, like, they show stuff about him, like how he treats his teammates and stuff like that. All of that stuff's in there. It's not like they purposely left things out. And yes, he got to say his side of the story, but then it's up to us to decide because they show you him saying Horace is a snitch and then Horace gets to speak about himself. They show to you Scotty didn't get off the bench and then Scotty gets to speak about it. You know, they say that like, oh, you know, Scotty was being selfish with his contract and then Scotty gets to talk about like how the Bulls were treating him and that's how he felt. You kind of get it from everybody's side. And, you know, the part about where they said, you know, Scotty's mad about where Jordan calls him selfish. We said that right off the bat, I think, when we saw it the first time. When I saw it, I was like, you know, that's kind of a dick move by Jordan to kind of say. Uh, I think we talk about it. I thought I felt that way, too, because I was like, come on, bro. Like, you know how his contract is, like, to call him selfish after what he's getting paid and stuff. And you were like, no, I get where he's coming from. I think we talked about it. So, yeah, it's not like, like you're saying, it's not like it was hidden, you know. And just like. Jordan had his moments where people couldn't say, yeah, that is kind of dickish. I get Scotty's point. But then when Scotty does stuff, like I also, these are facts, you know, the stuff where he didn't go in, that's what happened. And then, like I said, he got to clarify and he chose to double down nope. on him. I would <laughs> change saying, a damn. I would do the same thing <laughs> over. Yeah. So it's like they're not making anything up there, you know, like. These are all facts. Um, so, this is probably, this is what, if you want a Michael Jordan documentary, the dude's a brand, you know, he's not going to let you put something out there that's going to be, you already know how he is as a person. They touch on that also in the documentary. He puts his monetary gain in front of a lot of things. And that's just how he is. He's, um, he knows what's good for his brand. He knows what's good for him. And if you want a Chicago Bulls documentary, which I think we're glad this came out. and we're, I loved uh, it. I thought yeah. it was pretty cool. This is the best you're going to get. He's not going to let you make anything I worse than I, this because yeah, he's not going to let yeah, you Yeah, I, I think it was a great documentary series. Like, and it's a good – this is like a little time capsule, which I think like, you know, like every – few years like the next generation should see which shows you what these 90s bulls did you know i think that they should have these type of documentaries for all the legendary teams they're just like little history lessons you know of like uh, imagine if you were in history class and now instead of like hey let's read out of this textbook they showed you a docuseries on world war ii like that shit's gonna stick more right So, 
I think oh, like well, my thoughts on this documentary are I I really loved it. Again, I'm I'm glad you know it, they did speed this up and bring it out, and I think that actually kind of helped it because there was nothing else on. This thing got crazy ratings on TV. Anytime there was an episode coming out, not, Twitter it was nothing but this. I think it served as a great distraction to people, and overall, I think they made it very well. I don't think it's biased or anything like that. I think what you're saying is correct. With you know, at the end of the day, it is his brand. He was an executive producer. I think he got final cut, final say on this, and I think you know it wasn't like a complete fluff piece like that Bohemian Rhapsody movie was that came out on Queen a couple years ago. But, yeah, dude, any closing thoughts on this? Nope. That's about it. I think that wraps it up neatly. Um, We'll probably look forward to doing uh, another podcast soon about, I think... Yeah, man. I don't David think we're going to make a whole review about. on that one. Maybe I don't think it needs to. That one. But, you know, I would say watch it. It's new on Netflix. It's very stupid, but it's funny. It's by, it has David Spade. It's by Adam Sandler's production camp company, Happy Madison. So it's, uh, all of Sandler's boys in there. It's just stupid humor, but it's it, it's really enjoyable. I really enjoyed it. But there's going to be. Couldn't agree more. And I think there's some Netflix, I mean, uh, ESPN actually showed that like, hey, you know, after this series ends, we do have other stuff coming down the pipe. Like there's the Lance Armstrong documentary that's coming out. There's two parts to that. Be Like Water, that's a Bruce Lee documentary. And then the the baseball one about the summer where Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were just going crazy because they were juiced. Uh, but, you know, if we find any of those interesting, we'll definitely be making a pod to discuss it. Movies are coming back. You know, we got big news today that, like, hey, after years of, like, people on Twitter, like, asking for it, asking for it, release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut. It's actually happening. It's going to be on HBO Max in 2021, which is crazy because this is a studio going back and kind of redoing a movie, Jess. And I think they said that they are trying to figure out if they're going to do one movie or like a six episode series. Are they going to be filming it again? Um, I know he's trying to bring, yeah, he's trying to bring the cast back, the whole original cast. And I think he's been allotted in the deal. I don't know if it was 20 or $40 million for the finished for all the effects. I think he's probably ecstatic because he kind of like kind of talked this thing no, into no, existence. No, 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 Joss Whedon, like, not he's Zach just kind of little by little. Oh, look, this is what I would have done. Oh, Joss. I, oh, yeah, he's probably like, bitch, I got my money. I don't think yeah. Joss Whedon cares. He he got paid. He goes, yeah, he goes, I'm fucking, <laughs> he goes, I don't care. Joss Whedon had probably like, I, I don't know, man, I think it was unfair for both people. Um, Snyder kind of got Ousted, especially the death of his daughter in his life, yeah. right after like the suicide, yeah, the death of his daughter, and then they brought Whedon in. I think Whedon only had like four or five months maybe to put all this together, and so what he's saying is essentially eighty to ninety percent of his movie was left out. So we'll see what it is. Honestly, um, I don't know how I feel about it because at the same time, 
it's like now with the Matt Reeves Batman movie coming out and all, coming out and all that stuff. I kind of like where the DCU is right now. The DCU you know, universe, anyways. We've gotten like you know, I like the direction we're headed with with Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Shazam, Joker. You know the Joker movie that came out, Birds of Prey, which I actually really enjoyed, which you haven't seen, um, and and this new Matt Reeves movie coming out now to kind of drag back the DCEU that was like that dysfunction, you know, after we had Man of Steel, which was awesome, but a lot of people didn't like Batman the Superman. Then we just threw Justice League out there. People thought it was just way too rushed. They try to they try to do what the MCU did, but they try to take shortcuts and just speed it, you know, like instead of releasing a Wonder Woman and Aquaman and then them meeting up in Justice League, they're like, you know, we're just going to release Justice League and then they'll branch off from there. And it was really poorly made, the CGI and stuff like that. It was just like, you know, the movie, it was, we're, I would say we're DC fanboys and even for us, we were just like, Ish, this is kind of ridiculous, but Let's see. Hopefully he's kind of got that advantage of, you know, he's read all the criticisms that came against Justice League. And, you know, hopefully we get to correct this. What if they correct this and we actually get a dark side instead of Steppenwolf? I don't know. What, what, what would you think about that? Nah. Nah. <sighs> I think it's over. I think you kind of just let it go. Um, it'll be funny if this turns out worse than the actual Justice League. <laughs> like, if you're like, ah, all right, I get it. But, yeah, I get yeah. why they brought the other guy in. Um, but like you said, he's had more time now. I don't know. I just kind of like, I feel like he's, as a director, Zach's, set pieces and cinematography all that stuff is amazing i think some of the plot stuff um a lot of people and i'll agree that it makes um see a lot of people are banking on this making this a lot better because it's his way and then some of the people what they've you kind of used as their arguments like well if you look at the un bvs version or the master is actually pretty uh, good batman versus superman it is it's ex- exponentially better and it's better. I will say it's better. I won't say it's not better, but there's parts that are still there that I still have immense problems with. Um, like yeah. Lex Luthor, I just think his whole character is just down wrong. Um, Martha, Martha was just, you can't like this dude's been trying to fucking kill him for how long, like he fucking went through the trouble, he went of, through the the trouble nades, of making all the shit. And then that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't think that's like this dude like hates this dude. I don't think that's it. I think he's like Martha, Martha. Like, I don't think I think Batman has enough composure to like not hear that name and just fucking trip balls like he did. It's oh, a... <laughs> but you know episode. we'll be making we more on this, but um, we'll be making yeah. more podcasts. We we'll we'll, we'll to continue say. to do that, <laughs> and we're going to try to make it weekly consistently. And, you know, thank you for listening. If you like the show, please share it. Um, you know, follow us on Twitter, Miles Apart Pod. Um, like and subscribe. We're available anywhere you find your podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, what have you. And please rate and leave a review. Mm-hmm. 
feel free to share us. Yep, and yeah, feel free to share if you like what we talk about. Most of our podcasts kind of center on um, entertainment, and you know, this is kind of sports and entertainment. We'll probably do a mixture of things. I think this last little um, Justice League bit is a good little snippet sport. into what the podcast usually is. Um, and you know, we hope that you'll be listening soon. And until yeah. next time, this is Jess and Gun signing off. Until next time. Bye-bye.